Welcome everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast, hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namard. Our goal is to uplift voices everywhere by empowering women and youth and by building a better global community. The I'm Speaking Podcast is inspired by the Edge Charitable Foundation. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect that of the benefactors or sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast. I'm Priya. And I'm Mercy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Today's topic is the crazy housing market. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. The one we're all living one way or another. We're living in real life. And we have with us today two amazing real estate agents, Juliet and Carolina. Welcome, guys. Hi, how are you? Hi, girls. Hello. Thank you for having us. So of excited course. to be here. So we chose the two. I gotta say, go, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say the same thing you're gonna say, Priya. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead. You say it. You say it. Okay. We could not pick one of you because both of you are so freaking amazing. We love both of you. It's always, um, it tears our heart to pick one of you. And so full disclosure, both of these incredible women have helped two of my daughters find their first home. Um, We're gonna introduce them. And then as we introduce them, I'll tell you a little bit more about how these dynamic women have helped other women realize their first dream home as single women. Go ahead, Priya. Okay. Our first introduction is of Juliet Restrepo. She has been an award-winning producing expert real estate professional for 20 years. It is her passion to always help buyers, sellers, and investors with their real estate needs. She provides concierge real estate services as part of commitment and loyalty to her clients. Juliet's ability to build trust and long-standing relationships with her clients always results in newfound profitable opportunities. Welcome, Juliet. Thank you. Thank you so Welcome, much. Welcome, Julie. Love you, girl. So excited you girls are here. Okay, my turn. Can I speak? Yes. <laughs> You're speaking. Okay. And go. So Juliet, love you to the moon and back a million times. You know that. But Caro, Caro is my sister-in-law. Caro is blood. Caro is my little baby brother's wife. Married <laughs> for 22 years to him. Wow. I met Caro as a little, we're going to call you a little punk girl. You were um, yes. a teenager. <laughs> I was like, whatever, Mercy. No, mentira. <laughs> You were a sweetheart from day one, just like Juliet. Juliet, goodness, I've known you for over 25 years, close to 30 years. So, wow. Yeah, right. We're aging ourselves. Um, Becaro, I've known you since you were, I don't know, I think 16, 17. You were a Mm -hmm. baby when you first came here. And now you're the mom of my beautiful two nephews who are teenagers um, and an amazing, amazing realtor. And so I want to say that the most spectacular thing about both of you women is that you truly live the, the philosophy of empowering women. I have had my oldest daughter, Raquel, purchase her first home as a single young lady from Juliet. And through that process, we reached out to Caro for some advice. And Caro is now in the process, we're going through the closing right now of Samantha, my second daughter's first home as a single woman. And through that process, we've reached out to Juliet for advice. And both of them um, share advice with absolute respect and admiration for each other's work, something that is so hard to find um, and so naturally uh, to both of these incredible women. And so in saying that, um, I wanted to mention about Caro, that she is the co-owner with my brother, Abe, who is the um, other co-owner <laughs> of the Roundhouse Group. So it's an awesome real estate team in South Florida. Um, and hands down, Caro is the funnest person Caro can get <laughs> terrible news like I'm sorry somebody else took it and she's like it's okay we're gonna get another one that is not a problem 
or they didn't approve you. So what? We'll get something else. We'll find something else. We got, we got this. Let's go. Um, Caro also helped us with um, our personal purchase of our Naples home. So Caro from, if you're not in South Florida, so we live in the East Coast. Uh, Caro lives in the Western area and Naples is, I'm sorry, yeah, on the East Coast and the Naples is on the complete West Coast. So she helped us purchase a house on the other extreme of, of the state and still showed up, like took all those drives or was there virtually with us. She did whatever it took. And just like um, she does whatever it takes, so does Juliet. And that's why we have you both here, which is not really the norm. Usually you, you choose one, right? Because mm -hmm. people can be so protective of their territory or their business or their whatever. Mm -hmm. But both of you, I feel, are absolute proof of what teamwork is and what uh, love, loyalty, and empowerment is. You really, you really walk the walk. And so I commend you both. Priya and I speak very highly of both of you. It happens to be that all four of us here are queen bees um, and support yeah. the queen bees. <laughs> A lot of our social media, all of our art and all that wonderful stuff is always through Caro. And uh, in our leadership team, we have Juliet. So again, you know, you have hearts of service. I mean, I could just go on and on and do the whole podcast. <laughs> I know, but we need to talk about real estate. Keep, keep going. I love it. Give me more. Here. Can I ask <laughs> the first question now? <laughs> I know. Can you tell oh, me? Thank like, you. Guys. Gotta go over both of you. So um, going back to Priya and I, Priya and I were talking about the crazy and insane uh, war yep. that's happening out there in the real estate market oh and oh. how absurd absurd some of these um, purchases can be and I, I mean we experience it on a daily basis right now with Samantha's purchase of people paying over $40,000 paying $40,000 over appraisal fee and then some yep so it's kind of crazy and Priya and I figured if we were interested in knowing more about it our our listeners would be too. And so we have a list of questions and we're gonna ask um, both of you the question and let you kind of dance around the answer and, and you know, educate us more on what's happening or why you feel it's happening uh -huh. um, and all kinds of great stuff. So uh -huh. Priya, do you have the questions on you? That we yes, can I do. And yes, I, and I oh, do wanna add, I do wanna add to that, that it's not, we don't hear it enough women talking about real estate, just like how we talked about cryptocurrency last week. Yeah. These are topics that are not dominated by women, um, women in the, in the profession. You don't hear them doing podcasts about it. You know, there's very little, there's not enough women out there talking about it, basically. Absolutely. So that's another reason why it was so important to have both of you on today. And uh, so I'm going to start off with the first question. What is going on with the crazy housing market? Juliet? <laughs> Yes, it definitely is a very crazy housing market right now. Actually, um, in the in the in U.S. history, we have never seen what's going on right now. Uh, we don't have enough of inventory. There are people buying, wanting to buy, and offering all kinds of incentives so they can get their offers accepted. We have all types of you know, when a property comes on the market. We, it's easily, we easily get over 20 offers over asking, and it's just a continuous bidding war because there's just no inventory. Mm. And this is not only for sales, it's also for rentals and it's all it's single family and condos. Wow. So it's all over and it's all over the US. It's not in any particular market or area of the country. It's everywhere. And you said you've been doing this for how long, Julie? Uh, September will be 21 years. Wow. wow. So, you know, so I, so I was around in 2008 when the, housing, the boom market went crazy oh, and then the boom and the overpricing and the balloon and all that. I was around back then. I started in, this I different started from in 2000. That. How do you feel this is different from that, Julie? Oh, it, it's, it's definitely very different. First of all, back then we had an overflow of inventory. Uh. So that, that inflated the market. There was a lot of inventory. The thing is that ever since then, there hasn't been enough building newer homes. And that is what's causing now. There aren't enough homes because we stopped building back in about 2009. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. 
That's exactly what has happened. So there is no inventory because there hasn't been building. And now that we want to catch up, there's so much there's so much demand that the suppliers don't have enough. Oh, I get you. Okay. And the prices of the supplies are through the roof now. So it's yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Caro, because I know you have like this this new feel um, and this fresh blood coming into this entire um, world of of real estate um, and of course a different generation and, and a different demographics, I guess. How are you feeling about what's happening right now? It, it's bonkers to say the least. Um, yeah. I, I had my real estate license back in 2006 as well. And I did, uh, everything was so different back then. It, it was almost like you could do anything <laughs> back then and well, when you were asking Julia, like what's similar? And she said, it's very different. It's completely different for all the reasons she mentioned, but what's similar uh, that I'm seeing as an agent uh, who recently redid this whole thing, you know, just a couple of years ago, um, is that again, everything we're taught, everything we, we've learned, all the rules, the way things should be with a lot of people, it's just out the window. Like things don't matter anymore, you know, like appraisals, yeah used to be appraisal is when you see how much your house is worth in comparison to all the other houses around yours uh, that are similar. And even that's out the window now, like they're just appraising mm -hmm. houses. So they'll appraise and making weird, uh, you know, just magic tricks left and right to make things work. And so, you know, it's- our, uh, yeah. Caro, on that same topic, the DUs, right? So I see that's a thing. I don't ever recall in the purchases of all my homes in the past, DUs is that something new Wait, now? What, and is that what is a DU? What is a DU? A DU is something called a desktop underwriter. Um, there's also one called an LP, uh, loan processing something, and it's basically proof that you are pre-approved for financing for a loan. So uh, nowadays that everything is so crazy, uh, at least the way we handle our listings is, if somebody wants to come see it, we need to see proof that they're pre-approved before they even step foot in the house because we don't want to waste the seller's time. We want to waste our time. So uh, it, it helps us weed out people who are not serious. So if somebody can't show you a DU, it means that they're really not that serious about buying a house because they're just, you know, doing showings and, and looking at houses, but they don't have any oh, financing. What a pain. Yeah. Because those can, DUs. Can I say something about that? One of the things about the DU that most um, listing agents look for is um, the ratios. So yeah. how, how, what are the possibilities of this buyer actually going through and getting this loan? And that's what listing agents are addressing. Uh, listing agents, as we are listing agents, as well as buyer's agents, listing agents are being very specific on the information on that desktop approval, on that DU. Because with that DU, you can tell if a buyer is borderline because it, it, it discloses the ratios oh. of the loan. So that's why right now in most of them, I don't think most listing agents will not accept any offers with that DU and they are actually reviewed. Before we would just ask for DUs and okay, you have a DU, great. Now we go beyond that and we actually review that DU and we sit with our seller and say, why would you take this offer over this offer? So it's, it's, it's also a lot about, and the importance of this market is making sure that uh, the seller understands this process because it's, it's, it's very stressing for these sellers to see, you know, what's going, besides it's stressing for the buyers, but having educate these sellers and these buyers and understanding what they need to be looking for. And that's why the DU is so important right now. So that is, that's definitely one of the top things you should have prepared for yourself if you're looking for a home, a DU. Yes, right. and, and it's, I don't, it's not something you do, right? It's yeah, something yeah. that's done for you through the lender. You talk to a lender. Through the lender. That's why it's so important to have a good lender and make sure that, because the, not all lenders provide it. And it's very important that, that when you work with the lender, you make sure that you can have that because that's going to give you uh, better access to getting your offer accepted and be more prepared. Because when there's multiple offers, there are over 20, 30 offers on a table. Yeah. You know, it's by order of which is the which is the most qualified in all areas in all terms. Juliet and I noticed um, with Caro that it's every single offer, and so it's been 
I don't know how many offers. I completely lost track of how many offers <laughs> Otto and Samantha have put. Oh it's my just God. like constantly four offers going here, five offers going there. But every single individual offer, every single time needs a brand new DU. Yes. So that's a lot of work from a lot of people and a lot, a lot of effort. Uh -huh. um, and thank goodness that we have a great lender um, that we work with because that's a pain in the butt. Every five minutes we're asking him for another one. Just I to owe him some have a chance. Yeah. And so I have a question for, we have a list of questions. These uh -huh. are separate. Uh, but have you seen in your history in the real estate market, a time where so much, so many cash offers are just coming about? Or is that something new that there are just so many people's coming with cash? And where are the, the cash offers coming from? That, I just want to add that to the question. Are they coming from overseas or are they local? A lot of them are local. Would you, would you not agree, Kato? Yeah, you know, there's several things that I've read about uh, when it comes to where all these huge amounts of cash are coming from. Mm -hmm. And it, it, maybe this is a, a, a taboo subject, I don't know. But oddly enough, marijuana, like there, it's been legalized in so many places that all this money that used to not be, you know, legal is now coming out of the woodworks and there's cash. That's, That's so interesting. I would have never get that one. I've never heard that anecdote anywhere, but that yeah, is so interesting. But wow. it's, yeah, it's crazy. That's one of them. On another side, we have all these investors that are getting rid of all their stuff, which also creates cash and they're reinvesting. So there's like all these different machines everywhere. And, oh. and there is also a lot of money coming in from abroad. Um, you know, I think everything that happened last year has just changed everything so much. Yeah, it's like 2020 has completely changed the yeah, game. There's no I doubt. Think, I think even people, and this is just me, my opinion, but even people who might've been holding on to to money are now going, why am I holding on to this? The world could end tomorrow and yeah. here I have all this cash, you know? So I think it's a number of, of factors that are just adding up and it's the perfect and, storm of cash. <laughs> and another thing is a lot of, since the interest rates are, are so low, people, they have, they're able to, their money, they be able to use that cash that would be into the purchase because they're saving it in the interest rates. So their yeah. payments are lower. People that have been saving for years and buying their first home, it actually takes less money right now because of their interest rates. Their down payments yep. are less, and so is their monthly payments. And isn't that lasting until 2023? They said. Yeah. Great. So, what article I had here, I wanted to share. Yeah. Do you find, just in giving that, that topic closer. Um, do you find that a lot of the investors that are coming in are coming in from the north and from the west coast, like a lot of California purchases, Californians that are now moving to Florida and New Yorkers and New York, uh, yeah, from Illinois, California. right? Yes. All the northeast is also kind of moving down south and Absolutely. living in different life because of the fact that now so much can be done remotely. Yeah, um, for right. Sure. And so many office buildings are closing. And well, it's the same thing happening. So the same thing's happening in New York, believe it or not. I don't think it's it's it has to do with the region. Uh, in New York, for example, my husband and I, we took a drive through a neighborhood called Regal Park here in Queens in New York. And uh, we, we the houses were just beautiful. So we just went on to Zillow and there were not a lot of choices. <laughs> and the prices were really, really high. Um, and I've talked to other real estate friends here and they're saying the same thing that people are just adding They're They're not even, um, uh, like, like you said before, the prices are just, uh, astronomically high. You know, they're adding another 40 grand on there, a hundred grand on there to the price, the selling price. Um, and this, that's here in New York. So instead of a house costing like $500,000, it's like 800 grand or a million dollars that you have to pay for a house. Right. Yeah, so I don't right. think it even has to do with the yeah. region. Well, I know right. that I was for, looking. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Like the cost of living on, in places ahead. like New York and California uh, are really high compared mm -hmm. to Florida. So those people, mm -hmm. for them coming here, it's like discount city. You know, it's like great. Everything's yeah. cheap. Four hundred thousand yeah. dollars for a house. I'll take two. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a story about that too. So. When I lived in, in Miami, I moved down there in 2005. My husband and I were actually part of the housing bubble. We had to foreclose on our house. It was really bad. We had one of those bad Aww. mortgages. 
So right, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was where Sam's buying her house now. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. So the house, wait, it's the same house. Um, it's a townhouse, and that's okay. where you had a townhouse. So it's it's she's buying a house in the same area, but the house that we bought, we bought brand new. I mean, they were still building houses around us, and it was a corner lot, mm -hmm. and it was right on the lake, and there was a like, kitty park right next to it. We bought it for two hundred and seventy grand. And then we later found out that our, our neighbor right next door to us had bought the bought his townhome for 110 only a couple months before. So wow. we, when we found that out, we were like, oh my God, we could have bought the house for cheaper <laughs> only a couple months. And that was in that bubble. And just recently, wow. Mercy told Mercy shared that Sam found out that that same house is for sale for over 300 grand. Yeah. So can you imagine over yeah. 360? I think it's what they're going. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. 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 That is insane. That is crazy. And I was looking for an article I couldn't find. Um, that there was an article I read that this is happening at a global level. Yes. People feel that it's happening only in their city or in the city where they're shopping. However, it is happening at a global level. Uh, the pandemic completely changed the entire uh, market and how people view their future. Yeah, it's worldwide. It's worldwide, yeah. Yes. So I was I was impressed by that news, um, but okay. So let's go to the next question, Priya. <laughs> sure. So, well, well. With that said, do you expect there to be a change? Because if we had a bubble back in two thousand eight, are we going to have another bubble and a different kind of bubble? You know, what do you guys think, Caro? The bubble, the bubble. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's a tough question because it's twenty twenty one. Information is coming at us left and right you know one day cryptocurrency is great the next day it's not the next day bitcoin is awesome the next day it's not. It's like everything is like pandemic is here pandemic is gone so trying to make a prediction on something like that is like it's a tough one what i can tell you and what i can recommend is that uh, even though this is something that's happening globally that it's super important to keep in mind that real estate is hyper local so even though there's things happening that are similar everywhere when it comes to your own area, it's, it's better to know more about what's going on in your neighborhood than what's going on in your city even. So uh, keep that in mind and also be really, really mindful about where you get your information because there's just so much out there and it, it's yeah. so easy to just be scrolling through Facebook and your auntie has put a, a link to a, some news article about how you know, the real estate is mm -hmm. gonna explode and it comes from, some rinky blog and then you know, <laughs> you're reposting this and you're fighting. So the, the resources where you're getting your information uh, are super important. And the more local they are, the better because you're getting some uh, real data that you can use to make an informed sure. decision on whether you want to sell your house, whether you want to buy a house. So, you know, and ultimately, uh -huh. ultimately, this is where your value comes in as professionals, right. as exactly. um, experienced professionals to ask somebody questions of that importance because buying your home is one of your biggest investments, if not your biggest investment. So going solo is always kind of crazy. And this is where you ladies come in. Well, it can be, it can be crazy, guide. you know, it, and it seems so easy now. Like people look at Zillow, for example, and they're like, wow, I can just put my house on Zillow and get it sold in a day. You can, you can do it. But okay, Carol, we know, know that you Zillow is a whole other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> The Zillow needs. Oh yes. Um, what was it? What was it that you told Samantha she needed intervention? <laughs> she oh, needed intervention. Zillow intervention because she's obsessed yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> because then you commit to one house and then you see twenty like the ones you wanted oh, yeah. for less money. Yeah. And the thing about Zillow it, that I'll say one thing about Zillow and then I'll never mention it again is that people <laughs> don't know that Zillow is made for realtors. It's to market to realtors. It just happens to be that it has this great search thing and you know, Zillow keeps evolving into its own brokerage and all this, really? like, all that's happening. But it's it's for realtors. That's why when you put your house, somebody puts their house for sale by owner on Zillow, guess who's calling you? A oh. thousand realtors. <laughs> oh, Zillow, Zillow is marketing to us really hard. And so, you know, like you'll see the value of a house, how much it's worth. You'll see all this information that is not necessarily uh, real time. It's not necessarily the oh. right information. So uh, yeah. I'm sure Juliet uh, has the same feelings about. <laughs> I agree 100%. It's true. It's not real time. 
Most of the does time- Does it hurt you it, or does it help you? Do you feel that I, it's a tool that's helping you? Yes, uh, you ladies. Or does Zillow really become more of a pain than an asset for you? I think there's two ways. Like for example, Samantha, who I've been working with more recently, I like that she does have the option to go on a website and look up a million things and send me everything that she likes because she's, she gets to be part of the process. And, you know, people are very, uh, everybody has their own style. So what I like might not necessarily be what she likes. And so that makes my, that side of things easier. Uh, but the part that makes everything harder is the information is how the data is not always correct and it's confusing yeah. for buyers and, so those things are just kind of, we do have to do a lot of education when it comes to that side with, with our clients because we don't also don't want to feel like we're telling them, oh, Zillow is the devil. It's not the devil, but, you know, <laughs> just just know that the information is not completely accurate and, you know. And it's not updated. You find yeah. listings in Zillow that have been there for six months. Like I still yeah. get calls from properties that I've sold six months ago. I mean, it can help. I mean, it does because it, it guides the buyers and the sellers gives it a, a, like a guide and, and, and like Caro, I also let them know this is how it works and, and educate them on what, how Zillow can help and, and then it could be useful in the whole buying process with their agent. Um, so yeah, it has its pros and its cons. I agree, Caro. Okay. And Juliet, what's your take on um, what's going on right now with the bubble? Because I know Caro touched on that, but with your experience. Um, it, it's very different. Actually, I have, I have been having lots of conversations with, with the broker of our office here. And uh, we don't see uh, the reason why we really don't think it's much of a bubble because of the lack of inventory. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's, 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 a, it's a whole different scenario that's happening right now. We have uh, the it's it, the logistics of what happened back in 2008 to now is very, very different. And we still have a lot to catch up to get that inventory. So is, is, it, a, all, is it a different type of bubble? Yes, Maybe? It's, it's very different, yes. And so they always talk about buyer's market and seller's market. And clearly this is a seller's market because oh. it's being sold so high. So would you tell a buyer just buy now because the inventory is so low or would you tell a buyer wait because things are you know bound to get better because what goes up must come down that kind of theory what what's your take on that i still think it's a good time to buy okay. because the interest rates are low and and, and buyers are, are they're they're getting more money for their buck yes they're getting a better home is that how you feel caro yes i do um, I, what do you think caro? <laughs> my, my advice for buyers is uh if, you, if you're ready to buy, if you're highly motivated, and if you're ready to compete, then go ahead, let's, let's buy a house. Uh, but if you're not, if you're thinking about it and if you're not sure, and you know maybe you don't have enough money saved up, you think you might be able to, don't do it because this is a highly competitive market. We're competing with cash buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you can't get financing and the rates are really great, the competition for buyers is really, really serious right now. Like uh, Juliet was saying, you'll put a listing up and in 24 hours, you have to shut it down because you have so many showings. You uh -huh. have people putting in offers without even seeing the house. I, I saw a stat yesterday that said 62% of purchases in 2020 were made sight unseen. Wow. People, people never even yeah. saw the house. And so if, you're, if you wanna buy, make sure that you're ready, that you're willing, that you're gonna work with somebody who's not gonna let you, you know, like ferry your way around the whole transaction and be ready for for competition because that's not the case that, in yeah and, and i honestly think um very importantly is the buyers need to be educated because what yeah. i notice what i've been noticing a lot of a lot of these agents are not educating the buyers and buyers are like they don't know what's happening especially a lot of these uh first-time home buyers they they don't realize that there's a competition and it's very important for us agents to let those buyers know if you really, if you want to be part of this crazy house market right now, what to expect, what kind of offers do we, are we looking, you know, over appraisal um, and all the importance of having enough money in escrow, all, all the important parts of make, making sure that that contract is strong enough. 
it's just, it, and it's sad because a lot of agents don't educate. For example, I had an open house last Saturday and these buyers came in, their, their, their realtor didn't come, which was fine, but they weren't aware that if they wanted this house, they had to offer either full price or more. So a lot of these buyers may not be ready to buy because they're not, way, they're not ready for this comp competition. Oh. So it starts with getting them educated. What's your take on uh, foreclosures and short sales? Is that hot right now too? Are people grabbing up foreclosures and short sales also? Are they even well, available? Do they even they, make yeah, it are they to even the available? common person? <laughs> well, the, with the forbearance, uh, we there's probably yeah, there will be coming a lot of more foreclosures or short sales. Yes, sure. that will be happening. We're start we're starting to see them very slowly, right, Carol? We haven't been seeing a lot of them. We haven't. And last year, there was a point where we were all like, yeah, they're coming. Yeah, you know, exactly. We were all like bracing yeah. ourselves like like uh, that movie. I don't remember the movie. Wild Heart or Braveheart. But <laughs> it never happened. It never happened. So I think the, the, the government is intervening so much and preventing so much of those things from happening that we're just kind of like always on the edge, but it doesn't quite go there. And I personally haven't had any short sales or any foreclosures in the past year that I've worked with at all wow no okay. we were expecting a lot of it but they're not as much as everybody thought okay i wanted to add to that that if you feel really come and this is as a buyer right not as a realtor because i'm not one but <laughs> if um you really love your realtor and you have a good relationship and absolute trust which is so important your realtor doesn't have to necessarily be in the city that you want to purchase a home at to this date, Carol still hasn't seen our Naples house and she made it all possible. <laughs> she bought, you know, she did everything for us to be able to purchase that house. She did obviously all the diligent uh, due diligence to, to get it done. Um, but she hasn't been there physically because she went so many times to Naples to see so many different houses. But that last, last one we chose the last day, right before we put a contract somewhere else, which was random, um, she wasn't there. It was, we were kind of looking at houses that Sunday and she called and said, Hey, this lady decided to let you in and look at the house. Remember and that? that turned out to be, yeah, that turned out to the be one. the house we bought. That That's was the amazing. one. And yeah. So, you know, they, if it, I think that, um, the trust is so important, uh, the, the knowledge, the experience and the relationship that you have with your realtor is key uh -huh. and don't, not, don't let the area where you're going to purchase uh, deter you from per from reaching out to your agent. Um, I just wanted to add that. So wait, can you both come to New York? Let's yeah. Go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'll be right there. Sounds like a girl trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to travel. When I'm ready. When I'm ready. <laughs> there you go. There. Well, I'll go. Well, I'll go. It'll be oh, for example, here the West Coast, the Naples, where you where you got your own. I go a lot there. I've been selling a lot there. There's people that are looking mm -hmm. over there, and sure. it's only a couple hours from here anyway. Yeah. And then I, know. It's I two make hours. it uh, a trip, a fun trip. It is. It's fun, there and it's. Go. I know. I'm trying to convince Raquel. Yeah. I'm trying to convince Raquel to to sell her house here, and buy one there, and then oh. she keeps telling me no because you're coming back. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. She's gonna oh. wait out, wait it you out. You know, maybe she's, she knows you yeah. too well. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So let's That's see, and and we don't know if um next year we might be you know looking at a house in Orlando, uh, for Lauren if if she really likes it and and adapts well to Orlando. She's doing a one-year trial. Mm -hmm. But if all goes well, then Aww. that's another home we'll be looking for. So mm -hmm. lots of possibilities. Priya, what's the next question? Well, this question is not on there, but it just popped into my head because we're talking about out of state, out of region. What about out of country? Hmm. Have you, if we wanted I mean, to buy a house in another country. Yeah. yeah we do. Well, well, Keller Williams is worldwide and we're both with Keller Williams. Yeah, all other countries, yes. I, I've sold in Colombia. Oh, wow. Yeah, and what, cool. what are, so the markets are similar, right? But there are a lot of people wanting to buy. Yeah. Wow. And what is your yeah, advice for anybody who wants to purchase any property overseas? Make sure that you have a trusted realtor that is going to guide you because, and then that person has had international, because it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Work with someone you trust and know. Definitely. Cara, what about you? Yes, I haven't sold anything overseas. 
um, I have worked with uh, international buyers here that are buying or selling here. And the process is a little bit different. So it, it is important to, to work with somebody that knows what they're doing because mm -hmm. the amount of questions that you have <laughs> when you're an international buyer or mm -hmm. seller are way more than somebody who's here. You're yeah. dealing with taxes in a whole other level. So, oh, yeah. um, so whether it's somebody that's buying here or there, Mm -hmm. um, as realtors, we also have our own networks. Like Julia was saying in, in KW, they have KWs international. So she probably has contacts in different countries that it, it would be easier for us to refer people to than just, you know, good luck, find an agent over there. Let me know right, how it goes. Exactly. Like we actually want to hand them into an introduction to somebody that can work with them and help them and, you know, have a good experience as opposed to some, some crazy nightmare that <laughs> lands yeah, on your lap at turn, the end. That could yeah. turn bad real quick. <laughs> and, if, and if you both Caro. had, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Mercy. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, Caro, um, who do you feel this entire crazy market is affecting the most? Both I think positively, buyers. negatively. Buyers, for sure. Buyers, for sure. Because, you know, we have uh, buyers, uh, let's say first-time buyers or buyers that are looking for a single family home, uh, two to three bedrooms, three to 400,000. It's it's a golden goose, it doesn't exist anymore. So not only are they dealing with no, not enough inventory, not enough houses for sale, but they're also dealing with what is coming out is going like this by yeah. people who have more leverage. So, you know, a, a, a finance buyer has no leverage compared to somebody who's a cash buyer who can wow. come in and offer whatever they want. They don't need to do an appraisal. They don't need to do anything, any of the things that we need to do. So buyers are the ones that are taking the biggest hit right now. Definitely. Um, you know, they, you, they can't compete with somebody who has $2 million who's going to be able to buy whatever Investors. they want. Yeah. So if you're on the, you know, on that range, the buyers that are the bulk of the buyers, which are that the three to 400,000, it's, it's, it's really, really almost, hard for them right now. It's almost impossible. And it's sad. First time home buyers, it's, it's tough for them. Yeah. Sure. We've, yeah. Ex well, we've experienced it with Sam. Oh yeah. Uh, we have we experienced it with Sam. We looked Oh my God, we must have looked at, I can't even tell you how many townhomes we looked at. Uh, you know, a few dozen of them. I mean, we've, we, we put over a dozen offers, uh, several, you know, all kinds of different places. And because she liked this one neighborhood and there was nothing there, we went as far as door knocking in that neighborhood. We would go every Friday, knock on doors, looking for somebody who was interested in selling. I've been calling all those poor homeowners and bothering them for months, you know? So <laughs> Wait, so you're randomly knocking on a door and being like, hey, do you want to yeah. sell your home? Yeah. Wow. That. <laughs> That's what we have to do right service. now. That's exactly. Knock on doors or yeah. call. Or call. And, and normally uh, as agents, a lot of us prospect for sellers for listings you know we'll, we'll make phone calls into neighborhoods looking for somebody who's interested in selling a house but right now everybody's doing that and so when you call somebody if you call them at the wrong time they're going to tell you stop calling me you're yeah. the 50th realtor that's calling because <laughs> they're getting people. frustrated oh they're yeah getting very frustrated people people that are not even thinking about selling their houses are getting bombarded right now wow like phone calls and people saying we please have, sell me your house yeah God, we have on our front door any given time a card, a flyer, a poster yep. from realtors in the area. However, however, um, we have in a block of, I think there's eight houses in my cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And of the eight houses, five of them has, have sold within the last year. And <clears throat> it has brought the neighborhood to now have an Aston Martin and a Bentley. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we had Camrys and Hyundais. And it's so, so it's a different, crazy. it's a, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. The people are just coming with insane money and they're mm -hmm. buying homes for, you know, 900,000 or a million dollars down our block. Um, and 20 years ago, they were in the 200s. Mm -hmm. And now, these houses, they pay all that money and we're freaking out. You're paying that much money. And then they gut the entire house into a shell. Everything is completely gutted out. The whole front yard, the backyard, brand new pools. Like they're just giving the money for free. And every single one of our neighbors that has sold their house has actually put it on Zillow. Not to take power <laughs> from everything you're doing. 
But this la, is la, the, la, la. the C word. Of the insanity. <laughs> they they sold it on their own. They're selling it on their own. They, Juliet, they put it out there within a week. They'll mm -hmm. have like 15 cash offers. And then the insanity is that they put it for 800 and somebody comes and says, I'll give you 850. And somebody else says, I'll give you nine. I'll give oh, you yeah. 950. Damn. And you're like, what, what, what? Yeah, it's, it's insane. I don't know. It's just crazy. I've never seen anything like this in, you know, in, in all my years here. So, you know, I have yeah. a social question for you guys, okay. not to get too <laughs> boo woo, but it's a thing here in New York, gentrification. I don't know if it's a thing there in Miami, but gentrification is a, a big issue up here. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Queens. Are you both familiar with Queens? I am. I yes. grew up in Queens. So, you know, Far Rock away, Far Rock. Yeah. Okay, so you remember what Far Rock was like way back in the day? I oh, mean, yeah, back in yes. the 70s and 80s, yes, but probably before your time. Yeah, so it's completely, <laughs> it's completely changed, like yes. completely changed. I mean, there's a Starbucks down there. There's, <laughs> there are bars on the boardwalk. It's a lot yeah. cleaner. It's the demographics have changed tremendously. They have, they've changed the projects into condos. Um, and it's, uh, it's gentrification. That's what it is. Um, what is your take on gentrification? Let's ask Caro because Caro As a realtor. is a new generation. Yeah. It's a realtor. Um, well, Caro, what are your feelings? I mean, I, I've seen that happening in so many places um, and it sucks because, uh -huh. you know, you're, you're getting rid of uh, not just neighborhoods, but in cultures, really, if you think about it, for whatever reason, you know, people are, are living with, you know, whatever conditions they're, they're, they're with at that moment or in their life, it, they still have a culture that is embedded in, in their neighborhoods and in their areas. So, you know, it's pretty terrible that that happens and that it's still happening. And you see all these gorgeous, you know, cookie cutter neighborhoods popping up in places where you're like, what the heck? Like, this, uh -huh. <laughs> what happened yeah. here? Um, I've even heard of cases where, uh, you know, realtors are trying to convince uh, older people or people with, you know, that have homes that are really not even that high end to move out. Like they're, they're getting sued ultimately because uh, they're almost like being really forceful on getting wow. convincing people to sell their homes to the point where people will agree and next thing you know they're like but I have nowhere to go <laughs> so yeah they're being I manipulated and it happens a lot to people with uh -huh. mental health issues people that are older especially which you know historically get swindled the most and people who don't have the resources to know what the heck is going on and you know so it's super unfortunate it, it still goes on to this day it, it uh -huh. sucks and Juliet what's your take on it I really am not too familiar with that, but I have been noticing, but I really, I, I really haven't been exposed much to it, but I can see why um, it would not, it, you know, it does affect a lot of people, especially the older generation. Mm -hmm. I'll tell yeah. you, Priya, um, on that same topic, since I went last week, about two weeks ago, I was in Orlando looking for an apartment for my youngest, who's going to be going to school in Orlando. And there was a neighborhood I found. They had built this, um, this resort-like apartment complex. When I walked in, the lobby looked like you were walking into a Ritz. I mean, it was like so extra. Yeah. And I walked through this entire um, play area with uh, state-of-the-art computers, a pool table, I mean, all these like beautiful amenities and then glass plates that looked out to a pool area and the pool area, which was like a beach pool area with beautiful lounge chairs, bar setting, barbecues, um, just something that just looked like an actual resort. You'd pay a lot of money to go to. Um, very Disney-ish like, right, for that Orlando area. But the apartments were inexpensive, the rent was inexpensive and the math just didn't add up in my brain. I'm like, how is this so beautiful and you're charging so little? And we, you know, there's other apartment buildings that have so much less to offer and they're charging more. It just, the math didn't work out for me. Uh -huh. And it was right next to Millennial Mall, which is like this massive mall. Uh -huh. 
So as we left, we went to the neighborhood across. It was another apartment building. And then we went, uh, we made a right and we went a couple of blocks further in. And oh. when you went in, you could see, <laughs> I guess, you know, the area. Yes, I do. <laughs> you could really see the true neighborhood. Mm. Um, and we went into this development where there was homelessness outside of the gate. There was extreme poverty. There was, um, you could just see they were going through hard times. And you enter this gate and we look inside. We First of all, we walk in and when you look out, the pool was gross. I mean, oh. absolutely gross. It had not been taken care of since COVID hit. And they were clear to tell us, oh, we're just waiting. Mm -hmm. So nothing made sense. They were charging the same price as the one we just left blocks away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what caught me and when my math equation came about was when the seller there at the in the community center tells me well we just took possession of one of the apartments and it's been a process so they were basically getting rid of all of their tenants because oh. they're trying to change the whole community the whole neighborhood oh. yeah and it was heartbreaking and devastating and I wow. remember I got in the car and I told my daughter our, I asked her I go do you want to be a part of that uh -huh. that's happening there how they are completely taking this away from them for a completely different yeah purpose yeah. and yeah. it was just horrible and she looked at me she goes let's get out of here and we Aww. completely left the area we ended up by Nona Lake a completely yeah. different area like and gorgeous. the opposite yeah. yeah, Lauren's very socially it's, conscious. It's, it's present. Yeah. It is yeah. present. It's you know, out there and it's I, happening. I lived in Orlando for 14 years, and I saw that a lot in Orlando. Um, it was super common. Uh, there was is a highway I four which divides yes. the east side from the yeah, west the side. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And up until maybe 10 years ago, west of I four was what everybody called the ghetto. Like it was low income housing. There was all the home. Uh, the the homeless uh, coalition was there like all of that side of, of the city was older there was less resources uh, and there was a lot of uh, organizations that were helping homeless people women like Salvation Army was out there so it was kind of like you know it that's what I was mentioning about the culture this area had a really rich culture of its own regardless of the income levels regardless of what yeah. you would drive yeah. into into that side of Orlando and it was so artful in its own messed up way you know uh -huh. and year after year we kept seeing it happen we kept seeing that divide from i4 get wider and wider and everything getting knocked down and next thing you know there's the amway arena is there and there's these townhouses and resorts that are living like you were saying meanwhile just a couple of blocks down the road is what's left of you know what was there before which is yeah. devastating so I saw that a lot up there. Down here, you know, it's it's uh, harder for me to see stuff like that because it's so much more dense than Orlando. But mm -hmm. there is this little city, and everything happens. Everybody notices everything, so yeah. it was sad. It was really, really sad. So yeah, so gentrification is a form of systemic racism, and it it's more than just the houses. It's the neighborhoods, the highways, is the redlining, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. one one really famous neighborhood is Harlem. So way back in the day, when I was when I was in high school, I dated a guy who lived in Harlem, and um, Harlem, you know, has been known for its CD past, very di diverse community, rich history, rich cultural history. And when Bill Clinton had moved into that neighborhood after he left office, everything changed. And I I I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in gentrification and where it started, but if, for me, it felt like in New York City in the five boroughs, that was like a really key moment in history because once he moved in, then they started selling out. People were trying to buy out the brownstones for really cheap, like $200,000, $300,000, pushing out families and then reselling them for now two, $3 million. Um, so that's a really fine example of gentrification and the history that's part of Harlem is now dissipated. And a lot of the families mm -hmm. that live there now are not aware of that history and they're not plugged into it. Um, 
the way they should be. Uh, but I did want to get yeah. both, both your takes on this on this topic. Yeah. Very so on that on that same on that same topic, I would very very highly recommend uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's uh, In the Heights, uh -huh. the movie. The movie is coming out. I believe it comes out next week or or this weekend. It's going to be in theaters on an HBO. I don't get paid to say this. I just love him. <laughs> um, but I happen. I went to see the play in Broadway with him playing the main part. Uh, and it is all about the power of culture in low income areas. Uh -huh. And then the Heights is all about how this whole blanket is weaved into um, the culture of the Puerto Rican, the Dominican. Um, Spanish Harlem. Right, so, but it's- I said all those places. Right, yeah. so it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how, you know, you have these grandmas, because it's based on the grandma, this one particular grandmother who kind of watches everybody because everybody's working. All the moms and dads are out there working. Some are not, but most are working. And, and so, you know, how, I don't know, the beautiful history of, of how life evolves and how we go from, from the young girl to, to being a, a wife and then being the mom or, you know, whatever the case, however life takes you. And then you become this grandma that's kind of watching everybody's kids and how they all become one. Um, oh, cool. And it's, it's culturally rich. Um, I think if you if you've lived in New York or if you've lived in a in a community that's uh, close knit or if you're Hispanic in any one of these, you could really identify with this movie. And I, I highly recommend it because I think it goes to your point, Priya. Uh -huh. In and, the Heights? And how powerful. In the Heights. It's called In the Heights. Um, right. Beautiful. Down. Beautiful. So. And I'll then if you want to watch it, Gato, watch it with yeah. the kids. Yeah. Okay. Powerful movie. Cool. And it's a musical, but it's powerful. It's beautiful. I force my kids to watch musicals. You do it. You <laughs> and my kids force me to watch Hamilton. I can't tell you how many times. Really? Um, and so I wanted to also ask you, ladies, what is the one thing that you want to tell our listeners? What is it that you want them to walk away with from this craziness that we're now experiencing? Uh -huh. Piece of advice. Yes. What is your advice? We'll start with Caro, because mm. I see Juliet thinking. <laughs> um, my advice is, you know, what I, I touched upon before is really inform yourself well about what's going on in your local areas. You know, don't worry so much about what's going on in other states or in the whole country or in the world. Really focus on your neighborhood. Um, seek advice. I know that it's it's supposedly easy now to sell your house on your own, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot that needs to happen for a sale to close, for a house to be purchased or sold. So keep that in mind. You know, there's the, asking for help or or getting to work with somebody who can guide you through the process to make sure that it happens well and you have a good experience and you end up with your house or your money at the end is really important because um, you know you, you don't want to get into something messy. Uh, it, there's a lot of law involved. There's a lot of things that people just don't think about. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of things out there telling you, this is easy. You can do it. Forget, you know, like working mm -hmm. with a professional. But the reality is that it's just going to be a better process if you are very well informed, if you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing, who, you know, is not just a realtor is not just somebody that's going to open a door and show you a house. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot that they do for you. There's a lot in the process. So, you know, if, you, if you're unsure uh, as to how to get started, even just talking to a realtor is not necessarily a commitment. Um, maybe it's, you know, somebody that can just kind of set you in the right direction. Uh, I have no problems, you know, giving advice to people and, and helping them, even if they don't want to hire me. Um, because, you know, I... If I have all this knowledge, I should, you know, it's my duty to pass it on. It's my duty to help somebody else. It, just like multiple people have helped me throughout my life. So don't be shy. Give your realtor friends a call, you know, ask a million questions, you know, put up all your theories and everything that you've read on Facebook, you know, put it up against your realtor and see if they can give you some clarity. And ultimately you might, you know, learn a thing or two that you wouldn't even have thought about had you not talked to 
your awesome realtor friends. So awesome. that's my Caro, when Thank you. When you say that, Caro, when you um, give us such great advice as to focus on your neighborhood, um, do you still look at, like, should we as buyers, when we go to you and we're looking at a specific neighborhood, be concerned with the schools? That's a, is that still a big deal to look at the school rating in your area? Does that determine the value? I know that was a thing back then. Um, and is there also a time when it's, when you have the most sales, like do most people buy during the summer because the kids are going to start or is it during the beginning of the year? What, how are those two questions sure. answered within mm -hmm. a neighborhood? Great question. Um, it's definitely still important to look at schools because even though so much has changed in schools and there's a lot of virtual stuff going on, uh, in the fall, everything's going back to in-person. And so even though things are, you know, different, they are kind of falling back into kids going back to school and all that stuff. So it, it also tells you a lot about the neighborhood, the school grade. So it doesn't hurt to keep looking at that data. Um, and then when it comes to when the sales are the highest, it's historically, it's been the summer. Uh, most people move during the summer, especially families, because they have kids and they don't want to be, you know, taking them out of school. Right now, I think that's also out the window. <laughs> yeah, nothing's normal anymore. Every day is a big day now, but um, but yes. I I don't discard that the summer again. You know, is gonna be busier than normal because now people are have the time to you know get into the craziness. Um, I think if somebody out there is thinking about buying in the summer uh, or selling in the summer, start now. Start your research now. Don't wait till June. To, yeah. to know to think about what you're going to do next like you know talk to somebody do your research you know look into look into everything that you that you're curious about and just just get a head start don't wait awesome awesome thank you caro julie what do you say i definitely say that get yourself a professional to help you out and one of the reasons why i well the the reason why i got into real estate when i did is because i had a very bad experience with my realtor and my lender. And my biggest advice to anyone is make sure that you connect with an agent that is going to guide you through the process. That's why I'm very adamant in help in making sure because whether you're selling or you're buying, it's a very stressing process. It's always been and now more than ever. So hiring that person that you can trust and build a relationship with is very, very important. And yes, there's a lot of things going on in different types of social media and all kinds of news platforms. Uh, people have different opinions. Yet, if you're that with that realtor that you can trust, because then it will help you through the throughout the whole process. But, and if you're a buyer, it's not costing any anything to you anyway to hire an agent and a professional agent that's going to hold your hand from start to finish. I wanted to say that I have had the pleasure of working with both of you. So to our listeners, um, I want to express that if you're looking for somebody, these are your ladies. These women are amazing. I've experienced <laughs> purchasing homes with both of them. I have known them personally for decades and they are the real deal. And so if you already have your person and you're a little bit uncertain and you want to reach out to them, they're always available. And if you're looking for somebody, they're the ones you want to work with. Go ahead, Priya. Sorry, I cut you off before. <laughs> no problem. So, I wanted to say that. Thank you, Mercy. Of course. Ladies, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Cara? Ooh, all right. Well, you can find me on Instagram, carolina.s.g, um, which is where I do most of my life is on Instagram. Um, and then if you want to just give me a call, it's 954-804-3304. And then number. you can also find us on the roundhousegroup.com. Julia? Uh, you can find me at Instagram. I have all my stuff there as well, uh, at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T, sells properties. I have everything there. And uh, my phone number is 786. 317-6821. I am at the Keller Williams Coral Gables office as well. Perfect. And we'll put all your information in the credits for our listeners and in the summary for each of our podcast episodes. So 
people will be able to contact both of you. So I want to thank you both for being our wonderful guests today for the crazy housing market, which it is. <laughs> Yikes. Thank you for listening. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast with Mercy. And Priya. Thank you, everybody. And oh, wait, wait, wait. Do a wait. Shout out. I forgot. Oh, I know. Make I sure know. you make sure you like, <laughs> share, follow, subscribe, and what else, Mercy? <laughs> and make sure that you check out our Queen Bees and our Edge. We are we tell you every single time we're out there. We founded the Edge Charitable Foundation, which is an organization that helps children worldwide. Part of our organization is our wonderful Queen Bees. You have four of them right here in front of you today. Uh, check us out at theedgehelps.com or follow us on Instagram at the Edge Helps or the Edge Queen Bees. So that's it for today. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you, Caro. Awesome, Priya. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a great week. So let's finish it. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast with Mercy. And Priya. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.